Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, where each week Jonathan and his co-host interview the leading experts in WordPress, e-learning, and online marketing. Jonathan, take it away. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic interview show. It's episode 482. I've got my great co-host with me this week. So we've got the good-looking, intelligent one with us. And we've got a great guest as well. We've got Davis Wynn with us as well. So, Davis, would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Absolutely. My name is Davis, and I run a company called My Consulting Offer. What we do is we help people become management consultants. And similar to many of the other guests that come on, we have a membership site all powered through WordPress as well as Kinsta. So, free flag for, for your sponsors there. And the and this company started roughly about three years ago as basically in my living room while I was working in, at another company. And we quickly scaled it to where it is today with now we have full and part-time, about 40 people worldwide working on the, the organization. And I just thought um, Davis would be a great guest because he's built this initially by himself. It's a niche membership um, proposition. It's, a, it's more than a membership site, but at its core, it's that. Something that if you were building a membership site, you probably wouldn't think of doing. So I thought it was an intriguing proposition. Over to also my co-host, Adrian. Would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the new listeners and viewers, Adrian? Hi, everybody. <coughs> my name is Adrian. I am the CEO and founder of Groundhog. We build and produce marketing automation and sales plugins for businesses that use WordPress and currently stuck at home in my urban apartment uh, working remotely these days, which is why the, the background is no longer a whiteboard. <laughs> That's right. So before we go into the main part of the interview, I want to talk about our major sponsor, which is Kinsta. Um, if you've got a membership site, WooCommerce, anything that need that is performance orientated, you need better hosting than the average hosting provider. And that's what you get with Kinsta. They use Google Cloud as their platform, but also they have provided a fantastic interface. As I said in previous episodes, when I have to go to clients hosting backends and it's not Kinsta, I think to myself, oh, I couldn't use this. I've just got used to the quality of Kinsta and their interface is one of the best on the market. Also, they offer 24-7 support from people that really do understand WordPress and can provide really top-tier advice on the spot. You don't have to wait and be moved up the food chain. You're, you get the top advice from the moment you contact them. And it's just fantastic. And we've been with them for about three or four years now. They keep on sponsoring the show. So go over there, um, buy one of the packages for yourself or for one of your clients, but you must also tell them that you heard about them on the WP Tonic show. So let's get on to the main part of the interview. Um, so what, what, so you, I thought we agreed. It's a, it's a little bit off topic, but I thought we might as well have a quick um, see what's going on. So you're stuck stuck in Taiwan in the capital. So um, how how things have been going on with dealing with the virus in Taiwan? <laughs> so I guess I am one of those people that gets 
I'm pretty lucky that I am stuck in Taipei because we actually had a couple of events here in Asia before everything took over and they canceled all the public events. So I was out here speaking at a, a university in, in Singapore and actually I was on my way back to San Francisco and flying through Taipei to, to get there. And of course, then you have the lockdowns and the borders closings. So I am technically in Taiwan for an indefinite number of weeks, months. But overall, we're very similar, where it's like no public events. As in, one of the things I will find funny is that uh, as more cities in the US are getting closed down, what you define as essential is very different. So anyone who's looking at this from Facebook Live, you can notice I probably got a haircut. So haircut is actually one of those essential things you could do in Taiwan. But like, for example, in Denver, I learned today the dispensaries are apparently essential. And in my hometown for a little bit, GameStop was actually essential. So I was like, whatever it is. But the situation here, I would say is pretty good from the outside as in it's as in, well, there's no one roaming around freely, but if I I've learned to make do and maybe my, my joke is that maybe in a couple of months I'll be fluent in Mandarin. <laughs> so have there been a lot of cases of the virus in Taiwan so far? Yeah. So there's been an increase, but the interesting thing is that the increases they are thinking are coming from people who are coming in who before they close the borders, one of the reasons. So right now there's actually a fine for anyone who is local about 30,000 USD, which is like about three years worth of salary for the average Taiwanese if they did come from abroad and they decided not to obey the quarantine. So huge enforcement. And for, for foreigners like myself, that would be like 300,000 USD. Right, so they're serious, and that and the, that is helping stop it from spreading totally out of control. Absolutely. So I think Taipei is doing such a, and Taiwan is doing such a world class example of what's happening. As in, for example, when as soon as I came in, they made sure I take my temperatures, my thermostat here for like twice a day, and then I've been audited by the government at least once. So I probably will get audited one more time before my two weeks are over. But they came in, made sure my files are there and I took records of my temperature and that I'm good. So they're taking this quite seriously. Oh, great. So on to your company. So what led you to decide to start this up, actually? What was the what was the core moment, you know, you thought, I will attempt to build this business? Before, before, we, before we go into that, I think a little bit of exposition might be in order. What's the... So first of all, what is your company? What's your value proposition? And just explain that, and then we'll get into right. to, to the why. Yeah, so we we help we help people, college students as well as recent grads, become management consultants. So for anyone who is watching the show, never heard of management consulting, it is think of it as a SWAT team or a business doctor for businesses. So if they have a hairy problem, like for example, if they're thinking about if they should cut costs, if they're thinking about they should expand to another country, like let's say us huge company like AT&T, they'll hire a management consulting firm to come in there and help them figure out the optimal solution. So what makes this job so lucrative is if you think at some of the prime ministers who run the country right now, some of the CEOs of these companies like Sheryl Sandberg, CEO of Facebook, all these people came from management consulting because it's like a, it is truly a SWAT team training ground for a business. And so uh, every year you get about 1% of people who actually apply for these positions to actually get it. So you have a 1% chance of getting this lucrative job that makes six figures out of college. But our value prop is that we actually place about 85% of the people. So roughly about so roughly about 17 out of every 20 people who work with us get a the six-figure job, right? And then of course that you earn more as you continue on. So that's our value prop. All right on. And so how how did you find yourself? in this industry? <laughs> Good question. So I always thought I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And so a little bit of background is that my, 
my family, they're, they came from a very unorthodox background, which is my family, they're political refugees from Vietnam. So they escaped the war after Vietnam. They actually took some boats and then moved from country to country before making it to the U.S. So we were part of the 20% of people who, out of 2 million who moved by boat, actually made it. So we actually became political refugees. My family, they basically do skilled labor or manual labor with their hands and so forth. So growing up, I never knew what management consulting was, as in college wasn't even a expectation for my community. But eventually, I was lucky and had some amazing teachers who believed in me and ended up getting a full scholarship to Yale and Harvard, where I ended up attending. And during there, during my summers, I would actually intern at companies that were building out these amazing, amazing visions for what the world could look like. And so I would intern with these, these amazing people. And at the end of my summers, the CEOs who were twice or three times my age would say, hey, Davis, you know what? There's something called management consulting. You should look into it and just do that for a couple of years before you become, a, become an entrepreneur. So I went back to my senior year of university, which is, by the way, very late because you usually plan for this stuff in advance. It's not like one day you decide to wake up and become a doctor. It's like you have to do all these steps. And same thing with consulting. So I had about three weeks to prep for my own recruiting process for these jobs when traditionally people spend years trying to prepare for these. And so I had to figure out within three weeks, how do I actually beat out 99% of other people who are applying for the same positions? And that's how I ended up finding myself into this position is that three mentors said, hey, Davis, you should be a management consultant. And I was like, well, I want to be like you guys when I grow up. So management consulting it is. Wow. Yeah, so okay, that's, that's, then. That's pretty unorthodox. So I'm, I'm assuming that your three weeks of prep paid off. <laughs> three, uh, three weeks of prep wait. Trade off, as in, I, I don't advise anyone to wait till three weeks, but we did figure out a system to uh, to do it. I think that's one of the things I, I would say is probably a strength of mine is figuring out how to get from point A to point B in the shortest time possible. Like you talk about my high school, my school community I grew up in was called the worst school system in the US. And to go to like a Harvard or Yale, I basically use the same technique. We're just thinking about, all right, what are they looking for? How do I demonstrate those skills? How do I acquire those skills as quickly as possible? So I did the same thing when it came to the process for getting interviews at these consulting firms, which is, what do they actually look for in their resume and cover letter? I have no clue what a resume and cover letter is, but I'll figure this out. And for the interview process, all right, so they have this fancy technical interview process. How do I master that within three weeks? And so that was the same process I did when I was going to college in eventually applying it and it worked out. Wow. Wow. So I presume you got a, a managerial job that you were looking for. Um, if, so what led to you wanting to start your company in this area? Absolutely. So it came as a necessity. Since we're talking about healthcare and how the system's supporting the coronavirus situation going here was that so US US healthcare system very broken as in it is there's so many holes in it. And so what one of the holes is that so my my family, they basically buy the lowest insurance possible if they're already covered by Medicaid. And so after I worked at one of the consulting firms, Bain Company, I actually went to work in an education tech company called JumpCut. So JumpCut also fantastic, fantastic education tech company. But part of it was at the time, 
we weren't profitable yet. So I came in and my job was, all right, Davis, make us profitable, work with the team. And so I still needed to make an income. So I just gave up this cushy management consulting six-figure job to go and work at this startup that's not making money. And we have about six months of runway at this point. So I needed to find out. And I was like, okay, I live very frugally. And then one of my family members happened to be hospitalized. And there was a $21,000 medical bill that needed to be paid off. And I just do not have $21,000 leaving the six-figure job, living in California, paying California taxes, working at this startup that's not making money in education of all things. And so to figure it out, I was like, well, I probably need a side hustle or something. So decided on the weekend, just, all right, let's test a couple of ideas. And the idea that just resonated the most to me was, you know, a lot of people want to be management consultants. I should probably see if I can help people get interviews and pass the interviews. And that was the start of it was in my living room, Saturdays and Sundays, I would just spend time helping people with their resumes, their technical interviews. And then eventually that's how, how we grew. And that's how I got started was like, Davis, there's a $21,000 medical bill that needs to be paid off. You need to figure out how to pay that off. So how does, what do it, so what, how did it start? So I'm assuming that your, your first instinct when you started helping people, wasn't to like spin up a WordPress site, memberships, membership site, or maybe it was. But what were your first like baby <laughs> steps into the uh, into into starting to help people? I would joke that the membership rights, the WordPress, and everything else didn't happen until eleven months into it. In the beginning, I was like, "Wow, I can't even afford this right now." As in, I can't even afford Bluehost right now. So I need to probably figure out how to uh, how to make money right away. So how it actually spun up was, I decided I, I have this whole idea that. The in order to validate a business idea really quickly, you need to do one thing, which is it's not science. You need clients. So you just need people to pay for your stuff. And so I decided to go online and I realized there are certain forums. In particular, Reddit is something that I spend a lot of time on. And so there's a sub-community on Reddit that talks about how to get into management consulting. So I just provided a ton of values and people would just ask questions about the interview process, what their chances are. And people would give like these one, two sentence answers. And some of them weren't even in the industry. So I decided to answer with these paragraphs, these essays, and then left my left a basic call to action and said, hey, if you want more information, feel free to DM me. And so people who post the original question, as well as any lurkers would just message me out. And then I would just get them on the phone, provide more value. And at the end of it, it's like, hey, look, I'm going to set up this, this service here where I'm going to help people get interviews and get people offers, would you be interested? And then I just picked a price out of thin air that was comfortable at the time that would pay off the $21,000. And I just said, all right, let's just sell enough seats here. And then the first 12 calls I had, every single person said, Davis, I'm into your program, which tell me one thing, which is like, my price is way too low then. Way too low. <laughs> yes. I, if, if, if everybody can afford it, that means it's too low. Exactly. But I did everything I could to help them. And all 12 of them ended up getting offers in consulting. And then they originally would start the trend of everything else with like filming our testimonial videos and making sure that we had these case studies to, to use for later. But they were the impetus. As in, my joke was that if you think about how much they paid and how many hours I put in, I would have made more money as an Uber driver post paying for gas. Post how taxes. much did they pay? <laughs> in the beginning, it was like $1,000 to $2,000 per person, which again, I just needed validation and proof at the time. Right. And so that's, that's what the price was back then. And it was and enough what, to what pay. What was your money. investment in that? Oh. The investment 
The investment I will tell you was $14.99. All I needed was a Zoom account to host these meetings. And that was that was it. And then at PowerPoint was Google Slides was free. YouTube was free. Yeah, it's the $14.99 for a pro account for, for Zoom. And you, and, I, and you did all of this over the phone and by email and by Reddit, no site, no nothing, just... No, nothing. Like, you're, you're wow. going to joke about this, right? When it gets to, like, the membership, obviously, like, with a membership site, you have, like, a community, you have your videos, you have your posts and things like that. But literally, in the beginning, phase one was all these videos, we would do a group chat, and I would literally upload it as a unlisted video on YouTube. And those were our sessions. So when, when people <laughs> were enrolling, like, the second batch, they were literally paying for videos that were unlisted on YouTube. And then, I, and then I got a little better, which is like, you know what? Let's do a Google Drive. Yes, that's what we need. Let's move all the videos <laughs> to Google Drive. So it's a little nicer now. And then before we we have we start, we start having a website before anything else. That, that was basically how we started was to me, it was like, I don't, I don't need a website because I don't even know if this business is going to survive. And then I even joked, we didn't even have a bookkeeper or accountant until I had to pay my taxes. But my joke was that either this business is going to fail and I have no taxes to pay, or I'm going to have some money and I'll just pay some CPA to bail me out of our lack of keeping driveways, which is terrible to say as a management consultant. But in the first 11 months, I was just basically trying to pay off this bill. So nothing else mattered to me. Wow. No, I think... You, you you kind of validate something I've been hammering away. I was interviewed on a podcast yesterday and uh, they asked me what was the main thing that I would advise people and I say, don't build war and don't build a course that's war and peace. Don't spend a ton of money. You need to validate, is there a real need for the thing you're trying to teach? And you're the, per- you, you know, you coming on the show and saying what you've just said is the perfect, Foundation. So I thank you for that. We're going to go for our break, folks. We're back. I think you can already see that this is going to be a fascinating discussion. Um, We'll be back in a few moments, folks. Are you a WordPress consultant, designer, or small digital agency owner? Then you need WPTonic as your trusted white label developer partner for your next big e-learning or WooCommerce project. WPTonic has the knowledge to help you build out custom functionality that your clients need in LearnDash, Lifter LMS, and WooCommerce. WPTonic is well-known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with a full, no-question-asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Find out how WPTonic's white-label services can help your agency today. Go to wp-tonic.com's homepage and book a free consultation with Jonathan. That's wp-tonic, just like the podcast. We're coming back. We're talking about Davis Wynn's adventure in building a successful membership site around teaching people how to be management consultants or more precisely, getting their foot in the door of becoming a management consultant. Um, so those early days, you know, um, when when was the next move? When was the next step where you thought, when you um, thought, yes, this is going to be a real business? And what were the things you had to do to move it forward again? <laughs> Good question. So in the beginning, I thought it was just going to be a side hustle that brings me in enough to pay for my medical bills and maybe I'll continue to do it. But it slowly, I, when I knew I had hit this market product fit, Adrian, you'll, you'll, you'll resonate with this given everything I know about the comp- your company here, is that 
sooner enough, you just need to be able to, you have more customer support and client support emails and you can handle. It's kind of like, oh, wow, people actually want to work with you, but you don't have enough time in the day to do it. And so I was spending like 20 hours a weekend with clients just working with them and trying to make them to get these job offers. Of course, I'm still working as my regular job during this time, which again, at a startup, we had six months of runway. So I am... I'm pulling at this time, maybe on a good week, 50 hours, maybe 60 hours on a week and during the weekday and then on the weekends doing this over 20 hours. And I was just like, oh, this is a lot. I need, I need help. And uh, I realized our business was very simple. Like most businesses, this really only comes down to three things, which is where do you get your prospective leads, which is where's your marketing, where's your sales, you have to convince them to get on, and then where's your fulfillment or your product. And I realized the bottleneck was we were getting a lot of really good problems that we were getting a lot of people who were interested, referrals and so forth. We were getting a lot of people who wanted to learn more about the program. So the sales process for me is, I guess you could say I was our first salesperson. And then there was fulfillment with this coaching of helping people get these interviews and pass them. And so that was the first bottleneck because I realized I needed to give one of these up. And so it started with the product, which is how can I find and hire more coaches who care about my clients as much as I do? So in the beginning, it was just putting together a process of like one thing I would do is I would go on to online on LinkedIn and find people who are, let's say, former teachers who also became managers. Like, it's kind of like if you were a teacher in a classroom, I assume you could, you're pretty good at teaching. So you could probably get on and and do it. And so that's what I did in the in the early days was just LinkedIn, finding these senior teachers. Obviously, it doesn't scale very well, but it was able to hire and subcontract out a lot of the work. And I knew the quality was high. Today, we have like a 20-hour vetting process for becoming a coach on our team. But back then, it was just like, I just needed help right then and now. I remember my first coach I ever hired was she, my best friend had just flown down through one of my best friends has flown down to to California to get a tattoo done. And I were literally at a tattoo parlor and I have like 80 emails or something. I'm like, oh, okay, I need, I need help here. And so I'm literally scrolling through LinkedIn, contact someone and we're just basically chatting. And I'm just like, all right, cool, you're you're hired. And so, and then the next day she started part-time with me. And so that's like the early days before we had all these 20 hours of systems of interviews and so forth. But she was stellar. And then our first coaches were all stellar and they basically freed up my time to... Can you, I just stop? Can yeah. I just stop there? You hired this first person, and you said she was stellar, and you make it. You know, a lot of people they might. I'm trying to grasp the right, the right to ask the right question here, but I think you hired someone in 20 minutes in a tattoo parlor, and they were great. How did you do that? <laughs> reflecting, I used. I think that there must have been something more than just luck. Uh, have you have you spent any time thinking about what that thing was? Absolutely. I think what I what I thought about was when, at least when I think about when I think about hiring for us, Fred Day. As in, I am such a slow hire, which is when I tell this twenty minute story, people just assume, oh, I just hire like left and right. But when people have to go through, like our operations manager, I went through like two hundred and ten candidates. Even had some people try for trial before we got to her. But the thing that the thing that really stood out in the original was that. Their LinkedIn, you could find a lot on their LinkedIn. They were filled out. There were people who were leaving reviews. You could see that they really took the time to really polish. And then even though it was a 20-minute call, I was like literally just called them and they had the number. I was like, hey, I'm call this person. And then uh, while I'm waiting for my friend who has like this two-hour tattoo that he's doing, I literally did went through that time and just chatted. And she was super responsive. And I asked her, how would you respond to this? Did you ever have a student who was difficult with this? How did you handle that? And of course, I was still going to have to have her trial through a client just to yeah. see how she would do. 
And so it's just the 20 minute was like, all right, I know she has good character, good values. And it looks like from her profile, she has, she hits all these boxes. Plus she was already in management or left management consulting, which means that she beat out like 99% of other people. So she has that filtration already. And then she was just stellar with the first client. So I continued to send her more until eventually she, she moved on to another position, but it was that that's how I think about it is when it, when it comes to hiring, I think about what are their values? Like values are so important to me is that if our values are not aligned, then I don't care how skilled you are because there's just more trouble coming to be. And then the yeah. skills we test on the actual live project. In her case, the actual live project was a client. Nowadays, when people interview for the same coaching role, you're, you have to go through and get basically mock coaching for a bunch of the people in our organization. So now that we have that system built out, but in the beginning, it's kind of like the startup days, you're just trying to, there's fires everywhere and you're just trying to put them out. So my, my joke was that like the CEO is basically chief extinguisher officer. <laughs> yeah. I think, um, I think what you're, the point you're making out really resonates with me because I, yesterday I was listening to a video from Shane of the, the CEO, the joint founder of Fry Theme. And Shane's been on the show, and I'm trying to get him to come back on the show. Um, and he's one of these entrepreneurs that I always listen to his videos. And he was talking about his 10 years as being an entrepreneur and building five themes from nothing to over 100 people. And he was saying that he always, he built it with partners. He said um, he always felt happier with partners. And then, and then he said... He always chose partners that, that were successful. And the main thing he looked for from a partner was work ethic. Somebody that was prepared to put the work in like him. And he said if that person didn't have a work, the same kind of work ethic, it was never going to work out. And I think in some ways you're saying that, aren't you, Davis? Absolutely. Work ethic is one of the things that we look for. It's like we're literally a Saturday night at a type two parlor and I'm calling you and you're answering these questions through the, we're on LinkedIn messenger. So all right, it's just all that. It's like, I do look for work ethic because if you think about the people, so for example, the people interview, if they don't, if they're not willing to go through the 10 minimum hours of pre-interview stuff before they even get to the interview process, I know they're not going to be able to put in the work that makes our clients so successful. And it's the same thing with our projects. So I'm kind of spoiling this out for anyone who's applied for future roles here. But everyone gets a project to do, and the project isn't easy. It's not something you sit down for 30 minutes and do. It's actually something that you actually have to sit down and think. And you can really tell people who are just nice to have, people who are like really want this, and they're just rock star work ethic, and they really care about feedback. And so I, I'm, you have to send me the podcast with Shane. I'm a huge fan of Shane, and had a chance to hear him speak at a conference a, probably about a year ago, and he's just okay. a stellar leader. He is, isn't he? He's got. Um, he's one of the few. Well, not going to say the few people. There's a lot of people in WordPress, but I've always admired his insights. Over to you, Adrian. So let's talk a little about the transition from uh, the transition from doing everything pretty much manually and okay. Zoom calls and emails and, and and all that stuff to starting to formalize a program and putting it into membership and whatnot. Let's talk about where that process started and, and how you actually went about doing that. 
<laughs> Absolutely. So I'll tell you a couple of things, which is that I I'm one of those things where it's the way to the way to describe it is it's it's when I had that medical bill that I needed to pay off, it was kind of like me being stranded on an island. I'm just gonna build a boat out of whatever I can get. And a lot of it's just gonna be me taking a bucket and throwing the water out. But later on you realize, all right, there are certain parts that you need to build out. And so in the beginning, for example, people were emailing me and I needed a way to respond to them. So my first website technically was actually a Google form. So it just redirected straight to a Google form you fill out and it just sends me an email to respond back to you if you were qualified to be in our program and so forth. So there's still no membership site. So then now at least now I have a lead qualification process with a type form or Google form. Eventually a year later, it'd be a type form, a little nicer. And then we started building things out from there where... For example, one day I was making introductions between our community group. We we're putting it on an email list and I realized, okay, we need to move this up. Okay, we need some sort of site. Okay, you know what? Facebook group, Facebook, throw, throw them in a Facebook group, which would later on be part of our membership site. But at the time, I was just like, every time there was a pressing need where I realized I'm doing things manually that could be better off automatic, that is when things started clicking for me. For example, when people were having problems trying to find the videos on Google Drive, I was like, all right, well... Sorry, Shane, if you're listening to this one, is uh, try five teams, but then Elementor, I kind of kind of beat them out for what we were looking for. And so we took WordPress, combined it with Elementor, and we were able to build out our community and eventually build out a process so that when someone onboards, we could just give them like a login and they could just go in and so forth. Versus before, we'd have to, all right, so you'll want to go to this Google Drive here, give you access here, share. This is where you find everything, right? So it's like slowly over time, replacing the the ship that was made out of coconuts with actual real wood and things like that. And we're continuing to do that today. So that's where I started with starting with the membership, building in everything we need. So even today, I, we still build things at peace versus building this per- perfect, perfect. Like For example, our testimonial page right now is crashing because there's just, even on Kinsta, it's just so fast like finally we have to i actually... was going through it there you have a significant number of videos that load <laughs> on that page yeah we uh in the beginning like no one taught me that there's something called lazy lazy loading or anything like that or static so i'm just like hey just put all the videos there it's like whatever and then one day i'm like is there like always this slow we're on kinsta i'm paying them good money here what's going on so i hit up kinsta I'm like you know you, you you need like infinite scroll you need you need lazy. So they were on it. And then so we built it out. And even now it's still slow. So we're actually transitioning to a next level with a bunch of other WordPress plugins and other things that we're building in. But yeah, we have close to 100 videos now of testimonials. And they're just, they just, basically, I don't automate something until it starts crashing and it's like burning my time. So for example, our first customer service or customer service team didn't build out until I was answering like two hours of customer service emails. And now we have an entire team that does that. So that is the pain point of Davis is that I don't hire until it just hurts me to continue on. You know, there's a there's something to be said for that though, because and and we talk about this point at least on every single I think on every single episode that we do. And it's that so many people fail to launch or fail to to grow and fail to do all of these things because their mindset is that it needs to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. before they show it to somebody, before they start collecting money. And it's backwards because it sh- you should really be focusing on, all right, well, you know, in order to have this business actually be successful, I need to collect money. And I should be able to do that with like, you know, the like most bare bones, basic, minimal viable process, even if it's just doing everything by email and manually. If you can't do it, 
manually, then putting all of these different pieces together is really just a mo monumental waste of time. So I think, I think the lesson here, and I, we reiterate this every single time, is that you do not need to have it perfect before you start making money. You can do the most basic minimum viable process, Google Form, Google Drive, you know, unlisted YouTube videos, whatever, and you'll still be able to grow and make a viable business, regardless if you don't have like the Lyft or LMS or the WordPress or Kinsta or Elementor, all that stuff. Because a lot of times that stuff really just gets in the way of, of innovation and making great products and, and allowing you to help people. Uh, a lot of the pro a lot of the time, I see people who who think that the products that they use are their solution, which is kind of counterintuitive. They think that their 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 idea is overshadowed by the great things that software and and automation can do, and it prevents them from ever actually sharing their core genius and their core value. So, yeah, I think that's great. I'm going to wrap up the podcast. The show. Are you okay staying on, Davis, with a, a bit of bonus content? We've got some more Absolutely. questions. Absolutely. Happy, uh, happy to answer any questions. Oh, it's been a great interview. So, Davis, um, how can people find out more about what you are up to and what your company's up to? Absolutely. I'm super easy to find, as in it, I'm on LinkedIn, but if you want to email me, it's just davis at microsultingoffer.org. And microsultingoffer.org is just the site, my, my personal blog, davisfwin.com as well. I'll send those on the show notes and everything else as well. But yeah, I'm super easy to find. In fact, I think I make myself too available. Maybe one day I'll figure out an automated process for that too. But <laughs> for now, hasn't killed me yet. <laughs> Chatbot. Well, Bomb. Yes, I, I've thought about that. I've, I've thought about chatbot, especially of all. Actually, next month, yeah, I guess technically, if I remember correctly, like this month they're starting to charge for that, so I probably should get in. <laughs> all right, uh, um, Adrian, how can people find out more about what you are up to and what your company's up to? So, if you're like Davis here and you're currently struggling from too many manual processes and you are at your wit's end of how to make your life easier, and you're not necessarily ready to invest in uh, employees or, or some more serious marketing automation tools, you can go to groundhog2gs.io. We have a WordPress plugin, a suite of marketing automation and sales tools designed to save you time, save you money, and put out the fires in your sales process. So again, you can go to groundhog2gs.io to find out more about that. And if you want to support the show, go to the WP Tonic website and sign up for our monthly newsletter. We revamped it. It's got a lot more, a mixture of um, entrepreneurship around e-learning with WordPress, plus all, all the best plugins that we recommend during the month. Um, it's going to be a great resource. Plus, you can win a prize up to $100. Anybody in the month that joins the newsletter i'm going to choose one of them and they can win a prize it might be slightly over a hundred dollars probably going to announce that not this friday but the following friday so it gives me time to approach the winner and then if they don't want it to approach somebody else um we'll see you next week folks with another great guest see you soon folks bye Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week.